Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on February 26, 2023. We are continuing our study of Jesus in Luke's Gospel by looking at Jesus and children. If you listen to my devotional this week, I, I told the story of the time I took my family into my favorite, at the time, Mexican restaurant. Um, I had six children at the time. We didn't get to go out to eat very often because we didn't make a whole lot of money, and so this was kind of a special treat for us. And so as the waitress sat us in one of the bigger tables in the middle of the room that would seat all eight of us, a man in the booth right there called the waitress over, And my blood just really began to boil when he said, either move them or move me. I don't do children. Well, she just seated us, so she kept us where we were, and she moved him to another section of the restaurant. I don't want to judge him too harshly because he looked like a typical grandpa. You know, gray hair, gray mustache, a few extra pounds around the middle. I can kind of identify with the look. Maybe he was just an old grump, or maybe he was having a bad day, or maybe he'd had a bad experience with children in a restaurant. I don't know. But when he said, I don't do children, his attitude was the furthest possible it could be from Jesus. For Jesus and his followers love children, care for them, spend time with them, interact with them, and treat children as VIPs. They're special to Jesus, and because they're special to Jesus, they're special to us. Now, I know, trust me, I know, children can be challenging. One minute, they're moody, messy, and rebellious, and the next minute, they're sweet, helpful, and fun. They can talk a mile a minute when it's time to be quiet. And then they will clam up when it's time to speak. They can make you frustrated to the point of crying one minute and have you laughing out loud a minute later. They make you very proud enough to say, that's my daughter. And they can make you feel like I said one time to my children in the grocery store, who are you guys and why are you following me? You remember George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life? You call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? Sometimes parents think that, but we also think this. Don, why didn't we have more? (laughs) Larissa, my youngest, explained it to me. Why didn't we have more? She said, you and mom kept trying for perfection. Here I am, you can stop now. What's the real problem with children? I'll be honest. The real problem with children is that they are duplicates of their parents. We're going to read a well-known story of Jesus and children in Luke 18. And I do want to point out ahead of time a little difference between Luke and Mark. Luke will use the word here, babies. Mark used the word 
children. So I imagine that there were, from babies to young teens, children of all ages being brought to Jesus for a blessing. And we're going to read and we're going to see what happened. Stand together as we turn to Luke chapter 18 and verse 15 through 17. And here's how it reads. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It's a great passage, and I really do want you to understand it. You may be seated. When I study a passage like this, I always ask at least two questions, and I hope you do as well, especially in the, in the, in the Gospel of Luke. What does this teach us about Jesus, and then what does it teach me about me? And we're going to cover both of those. It's a pretty clear, easy-to-understand passage, but I want to break it down a little bit because it tells us a great deal about the heart and nature of Jesus and also a little bit about us. And we're going to start with what it teaches us about Jesus. And it says a lot about Jesus' love and what it means when we say God is love or Jesus is love. So I want to share three things that it tells us about Jesus. And the first is Jesus' love means he always has time for us. Now, we can understand the disciples. Jesus did have to kind of give them a mild rebuke, but I do believe that the disciples' motives were good. Parents were bringing children, a pretty huge demand upon Jesus' time, and they were acting like assistants guarding his time, or maybe even bodyguards keeping people away from Jesus. And probably they were saying something like this. Stand back. Can't you see Jesus is doing important stuff? I mean, he's teaching, he's performing miracles, he's doing healings. This is world-changing stuff. He doesn't have time to kiss your babies or pray for your children or, or, or bless them. Sorry, no selfies. Just kind of back off. And Jesus interrupted them. And the disciples learned something new about Jesus. Because Jesus called out, no, come on. Parents, bring your children to me. Don't stop them. The kingdom of God belongs to little children and to those who can act like little children when they come to me. So don't be shy. Bring them on in. And probably he blessed them and he asked their names and he talked with them and he prayed for them. Here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Even when he was a man and limited by a human body, he seemed to have time for everyone. And now that he is everywhere, he has time for anyone who needs him, who calls out to him, who needs help, is in trouble, is hurting, is grieving, who needs wisdom, or just needs that connection with God. Jesus has time for everyone. Just a quick word about children. Do you know how most children spell love? 
It's not L-O-V-E. I mean, they know how to spell it. But they spell love T-I-M-E. Children love presents. They like fun. But if you're going to love a child, you spell it T-I-M-E. You spend time with them. And that's what Jesus does for all of us. He's the creator of the universe. But he cares enough about me that he's there every time I call on him. He's always got time for me. And so Jesus has time for you and for me. Always. And we see that here. No, don't hold him back. Bring him on in. I have time or I'll make time. Looking back in our own family life, I really miss having young children at home, by the way. So I love it when my grandchildren come over. Aiden, you coming over today? Good. Okay. Okay. And what they, they just love is time. So looking back, family meals, vacations, extra experiences. It was the time that shows a child you love them. And that's what Jesus was showing the children, and the parents. And that's what I'm communicating with you today. Jesus has time for you, anytime, all the time. That's one of the neat things about God and Jesus. The second thing we see about Jesus in this passage is that his love knows no boundaries. If there was an underloved or disrespected or marginalized person in Israel. Jesus found a way to love them. We've been going through Luke pretty slowly, so I kind of want to take you back just to give you an idea of how many times Jesus showed love to people who normally didn't get it. He began his ministry, his first sermon that we know of, By saying he came to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom to prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. He met and he loved the demon-possessed. He loved and healed Peter's mother-in-law and dozens of her friends and neighbors. He loved and called working-class men to be his disciples. He loved and he healed lepers. He loved healed and forgave a paralyzed man. He loved and called a tax collector to follow him. He crossed racial barriers and loved and healed a Roman's son. He loved and restored a dead son to a widow. He loved and forgave a sinful woman, one who was probably a prostitute or a known adulterer. He loved and healed a crazy man demonic who had scared a whole town. He loved and brought a young girl back from the dead. He loved and healed a woman who had been bleeding and therefore an outcast for 12 years. He loved and healed a hungry crowd of people. He loved and healed a boy who had uncontrollable convulsions. He made a hated Samaritan the hero of his 
best-known parable. He loved and healed a woman who had been bent over and crippled for 18 years. And now he goes out of his way to show love to children and parents. His love knew no boundaries. Nothing stopped his love. Nothing stopped his care. And it's still true. When you think of, in your mind, a picture of Jesus, don't picture Jesus in a church. He's more likely to be found in homeless shelters, AA meetings, hospital waiting rooms, children's soccer games, construction sites, county jails, at the border, in special needs classes, in subsidized housing units, in the lines at a food bank, in the streets of Ukraine, at gravesides, wherever hurting, misunderstood, disrespected, and unloved people are. That's where Jesus was. And that's where Jesus is most likely to show himself today. Well, we come to church to worship, but we go into the world to places like that to show God's love. That's where Jesus was. That's where Jesus is. His love knows no boundaries, and he especially sought out the marginalized, the hurting, the disrespected, the unloved. That's where he spent his ministry. His love knows no boundaries, and so obviously his love for children is very real and very deep. Jesus is not a God of adults. He's a God of human beings. And so his love and interest and care for children is real and very deep and should be reflected in every single one of us. Children are not just our future, and so let's just kind of put them on a shelf until they mature. They are the now. They're made in God's image. They are loved by him. I imagine joy in the heart of heaven when a child is conceived. Here's a new human being made in the image of God who needs love, attention, care, and respect. It's not that they will grow into God's image. It's there from the very beginning. And so God's love for them is real and deep, and we should do nothing to kill, harm, hurt, disappoint, disrespect, or fail to love anyone made in the image of God. From the preborn to the babies in the nursery to the preschoolers who even right now might be making a mess in their classroom to the impatient eight-year-old here in church asking, when is he going to get to the all the people said part so we can go on to the 12-year-old asking, is it lunchtime yet? To the teenager pretending to pay attention while sneaking a look at social media on their phone. To the elderly deacon who has learned how to sleep with his eyes open. To the senior with dementia who is reliving his childhood all over again. God loves children of all ages. And don't be so adult that you forget that. You are a child of God, and God cares deeply for you. I hope you understand the most profound truth in the Bible. 
may well be in one of the first songs you ever learned. Jesus loves me, this I know. Amen. Great job. Okay. I was just going to sing the first line. You guys took it from there. Very good. A famous theologian who had studied the Bible and taught classes his entire life was asked as an old man, you've been studying God for your entire life. What's the most profound truth in the Bible? And that's what he said. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I really want you to understand this for all people. And he showed it in every possible setting, right up into the one that we talked about today. Jesus loves children. Now that's a little bit about what Jesus teaches us, the Bible teaches us about Jesus. What does it teach us about us? And I want to make sure you understand about what we're supposed to do. And the first thing this passage teaches is that we're supposed to come to Jesus like a child. I'm sure you notice what Jesus said to the adults. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So in order for us to become part of God's kingdom, we need to come to Jesus in the same way that a child does. So think about that. How does a child come to Jesus? There there are two things that are very notable about children and how they come to faith in Jesus. The first thing is that they come in humility. One of the things about children, especially young children, is that they have no problem admitting that they need help. Hold me, feed me, carry me, answer me, explain it to me. Mommy, 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 mommy. They're always asking for help. A man asked his wife, how come it's always mommy, 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 and never daddy, 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 daddy? And the frustrated mom just looked at him and said, because whenever they say daddy, you just say, ask your mom, I'm busy. (laughs) Children know where to get help, and they're humble enough to ask for it. As adults... We are often too grown up for our own good. We don't need help. We don't ask for help. We're good. A child comes to God or to a parent willing to admit, I need help. And so we're supposed to learn to go to the one, the only one really, who can help us. See, you come to God like a child. I need your help. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Help me. Don't be so adult that you can't do that. So you come to Jesus like a child, and children also come in faith. Children don't have to have every question answered. Their parents tell them the truth. 
They accept it as truth. They believe it because they trust their parents and they trust them to do what's best and to know what's best. Listen, if I waited to come to faith in Jesus till I had all my questions answered and all of my doubts satisfied, I would never have become a Christian. I'm a natural skeptic. So I had to choose to come to Jesus just in faith. I don't understand everything. Don knows I got a lot of questions. I don't understand everything. But this I do know. God is real. He loves me. Jesus is his son. He died for me. He rose on the third day. He's alive today. And so I will believe him. And someday, maybe, I will get all my questions answered. Or maybe he'll get, I'll get to heaven and I'll ask all my questions and he'll just say, Jack, I'm God, you're not, you can't understand it, just trust me. You come to Jesus like a child, Jesus taught. So he was loving the children. But he was also saying, I want you to come to me like a child. In humility and faith. And so that's part of what this passage is teaching us. And then obviously, we're taught to be like Jesus to children and to all people. In our study of Luke so far, we've seen different types of people when it comes to love. The Pharisees loved, but they pretty much put the wall close in, right around the synagogue. I will love other Jews who are like me. And that wall is where my love ends. The disciples were slowly learning to move those walls outward. They had grown up like the Pharisees with a pretty small circle. We're Jews, we love Jews. But by hanging out with Jesus, they they were learning to expand those walls. Okay, I get it. We're supposed to love the hungry. We'll we'll move the wall out. We're supposed to love the sick who aren't even allowed to come to synagogue. We'll move the wall out. We're supposed to love lepers who who we've had to kind of kick out of, of, of our villages. We're supposed to love Romans. They're the enemy. We're supposed to love Samaritans. We see them as heretics. And bit by bit, Jesus was teaching them to move the wall out. But I'm not sure they still got it until later. Demon-possessed, prisoners, prostitutes, they kept moving the walls out. What they didn't understand was this truth that you and I have to learn. Jesus doesn't just move the walls, he destroys the walls. And there is no one outside of his love. And so you and I are called to love all people. Some are easy to love. Some are not. But Jesus loves all. So how far out is your wall? I mean, the immediate focus of this passage is children. Do you love children or do you just see them as a pain and a hassle? Have you let Jesus tear down your walls? So there is no limit, no boundary, no fence to your love. We're to be like Jesus. So how do we respond? 
I'm challenging you today to come to Jesus in faith and humility. To be willing to admit to God, I need you. I need help. I'm not as strong as I thought. I'm not as smart as I thought. I'm not as godly as I thought. I'm not as good as I thought. Matter of fact, I'm a sinner and I need you. Forgive me. Help me. Humility. And then faith. I will choose to put my faith in you. That you are real. So how do I respond? Come to Jesus with faith and humility. Number two, adjust your attitude towards children and towards all people. It's been said that adjust your attitude could very well be the the 11th commandment because that's where it starts with, how you think about people shows who you are. True story, sometimes as a pastor from the pulpit, you can see things that aren't obvious to the people in the pews. And I was pastor of a smaller church, so I could pretty much see everybody, knew everybody was there. And after the church service got started, a family walked in. Family of four, good-looking dad in a suit and a tie. We found out later that that he was the administrator of the, the Bullhead City Laughlin Airport. Beautiful wife. She had been in, in uh, um, an actress in L.A. Hollywood area and had bit parts in even the, the, the old show Happy Days. Two sons, tall, good-looking. That family walked in, kind of sat right in the middle, a homeless guy who was obviously homeless. You could see it in the way he dressed, and I was told later in the way he smelled. Came in and sat in the back. We had that thing we used to have, you know, the greeting time where you, you would greet people. Almost every single member in the church flocked to the family in the middle and greeted them. And the homeless guy was left by himself on the back row. At least at that time, the church didn't understand God's love. Because my hunch is the church goes to the respectable. Jesus goes to the disrespected. And we blew it. I don't want us to blow it. That's why we do homeless ministry and food ministry and basketball ministry and caring for the sick ministry and special needs ministry. Because that's where Jesus is most likely to be at work. And I want us to be part of what he's doing. So we need to adjust our attitude towards children and then to all people to be like Jesus. So church, understand what I'm asking of you today. Number one, come to Jesus in humility and faith. You need him. And then live like Jesus. And be with the disenfranchised the hungry, the hurting, the grieving, the sick, the poor, the homeless. Because that's who Jesus is. And that's where he works. So you in your own heart respond to these things. Man, if you're ready to come to faith in Jesus, we'd be more than honored to help you.
you're ready to make a deeper commitment to be like Jesus, we'd be more than honored to help you. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.